little hoverboard sort of thing just around the club so you're just drinking and then just those guys 69 and just fully naked apart from the Star Wars get up. This episode's a little different. I had a guest drop out yesterday and I would have posted that episode today and now I can't. For, it dropped out for legit reasons and I'll come back on soon. Um, but I thought it's a good, as good a time as any to just um, do like a solo episode. I don't want to make a habit of it so I can't think when I would do it again in the imminent future. But um, I thought start of the year, we're only in the first several episodes anyway. Um, maybe some people who are watching for the guests don't even know who I am so I just thought I'll wing it and tell a few stories um, so it'll essentially be like just chatting to me you know in a kitchen at 4am in the morning which a lot of uh, my friends and family have had to endure on occasion um, but yeah I have no plans to do more like this but for this episode it'll just be me and thee so why don't you come inside What it is, they call me uh, Shaolin Pete on the internet. No one really calls me that in real life. Um, but you have to come up with an internet name, don't you? Or else you're not cool. Um, also, I make music videos. Like a, I'm a director of music videos, freelance. That's my profession, if you can call it that. Like, what I scrape by on, what I managed to just scrounge a bit of a living off. And there is already a director called Peter Hall which is my real name, so I had to come up with a different name. And I used to go to um, um, Kung Fu when I was about 13, 14, and I was a proper SWAT at it. It was just, um, well, it sounds impressive if I, if I say, oh yeah, my Sifu, my sensei, was trained by a guy that was trained by the same guy, like set from the same family tree, allegedly, as Bruce Lee, which is... A bit spurious, obviously, but even then you imagine like the place that I went and you're like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. But it was just a place in Tilsley, which for my mates listening will know is not a, is not the Kung Fu capital of the Northwest. Um, and just by a guy called Derek, like shouts out to Derek Sifu. Anyway, that guy, he, uh, he sort of gave me the name Shaolin Pete because I, I used to be a proper SWAT at Kung Fu and I used to like go away and learn what we were about to, you know, like I knew the curriculum a little bit and I'd sort of try and cheat so that I could be like, oh yeah, I see that, you know, like next class, I'd just be like, oh yeah, cool movement. Do you mean it's a bit like this? <laughs> and then he'd be like, whoa, you picked this up real quick, Shaolin Pete. So if anything, I should be called Cheetah Hall. <laughs> that sounds like I came up with that, even though it's rubbish, it sounds too quick. I only just thought of that and I regret saying it. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in seeing an amateur, well, sort of semi-professional, I make a living at it. If you're interested in seeing a young, struggling creative and what type of tosh I get paid by bands to come up with for them for some reason, go and check that out on, um, I think I got a website and Instagram and shit like that. Um, there's no YouTube, there's no Facebook for it. I should be doing more, but I've sort of started doing this and this takes up a lot of time now. Um, I started doing pretendship because 
well, for loads of reasons, I'm just like a little bit, you know, of a talky guy, which you won't guess from this episode because there'll be a lot of umming and ahhing. But um, I just like hanging out with people. Um, I know everyone likes it. That's like saying, oh, I like pizza and movies, but it, it genuinely is my favourite. Some people, their favourite thing is getting up early and taking a bath or shagging or drugs. Not that I don't like any of those things, but I, I could have thought of some better things for sure then. But <laughs> I, I just look, it's my favourite thing to just connect with someone just sit and have a real conversation I, I never ever do small talk even at the bus stop someone starts talking to me I just cut straight to the business I just can't get enough of I can't get enough of obviously when someone's in this chair across from me in the treehouse I love that and that's as close as I can get to just forcing all my friends to just visit me all the time and and I've got good chats with them because remember when you were a bit younger in like school maybe and you just stay up giddy till like three, four in the morning, just chatting. That, I mean, no one can say they've had a better time than that. That is the best time possible to have, isn't it? And I used to do that a fair amount. Um, like pretendship being like a treehouse sort of vibe is sort of inspired by my old room really it used to be like a, a clubhouse of sorts. It's where like all my mates would come and it was, I don't know, just, it was a weird time. For a few years, everyone used to come round and and we'd be, you know, smoking and drinking or whatever in my room. And it was a real pigsty as well. It was, people used to bring their mates who I had never met, I think as some sort of, you know, natural attraction or just like, you've got to come and see this fucking guy is ridiculous. Like, come and see his room. And then we would... Yeah, I would cram like 20 people into my room. While I'm living at home with my parents, this, I'm a teenager, and I just had a mattress on the floor and then just shy everywhere, just piles of just poppycock. And uh, you'd have to sort of come through and construct a little seat out of whatever detritus, uh, you know, just debris knocking about. Um, you just have to gather it together and sit on it. And if you heard a... That would be like a... Uh, a milk carton, like an empty, old, literally four, five-year-old milk carton just squirting out that toxic gas and everyone would just evacuate the room. But yeah, that's sort of <laughs> what I wanted to recreate here. But um, yeah, my old room was nuts, man. I used to have, I remember at one point just having, I'm going to say 80 or 90 Domino's boxes just piled up as like, a monument to the amount of pizza that I had. I wasn't embarrassed of it. I was like, check it out, guys. You want a picture with the with the pizza box pyramid? Yeah, it was it was ridiculous, man. But we all used to hang out all the time, and and that's I just I can't let go of that. I think a lot of people get into adulthood and the responsibilities of. I only just moved out. Like I mention it on every podcast, and I'm sure people are sick of hearing it if you've been checking out the other episodes, but. Yeah, I only just got out of my mum's my place like five, six months ago. Um, you know, I've not, I've never had loads of money because I've just been doing something creative as my job. And um, yeah, I think for a long time still managed to hold on to that. Um, 
you know, that youthful hanging out with your friends, just shooting the shit and just, I mean, we literally not even do anything. We just sort of, shall we walk to Tesco at Middlebrook at five in the morning for a laugh? We used to do shit like that all the time. And like, I refuse to stop doing that. And this is as close as I can get to it now. Um, so if you've been invited on, then take it as a compliment because it means you're one of my favorite people. And there's a lot of people I sort of do want to have on, but um, I, I can't see why anyone would want to come on actually because people don't profess to loving it quite as much as I do, you know, that just hanging out and chatting. But if you feel as if you'd like to come on, then just ask me, man, because I promise you, I can't even think of anyone that I wouldn't have on. Might regret saying that, but yeah, I can't think of anyone right now. But I mean, why don't I tell some stories about um, times, what we did, good friends' times back in the day? Um, I remember one of them was um, we went to Stonehenge one time. So I drove down there for summer solstice. I don't know if anyone knows what that is, but um, I think it's like the longest day of the year and hippies go down to Stonehenge and just sort of I'm talking about 10,000 hippies though I don't know if they still do it anymore this was a few years ago and um, our mate drove down with a few of us and you go between the rocks in the night so you, you you sort of stay until the sunrise of the longest day and you just betwixt the rocks just touching Stonehenge raving there's no way this can happen anymore is there surely not but yeah you're in there just feeling the energy off these stones. I don't believe in that shit, but you, c you can't deny the electricity in the air when there's thousands of people all just there, just, this is it. The power of the earth, the druid spirit within us. And then, uh, yeah, you just sort of rave till the wee hours. <laughs> I don't want to drop my mate in it, but um, so I'll call him Bernie, the guy, which will get a chuckle out of people that know who I'm talking about. Um, he wants to buy some acid while we're there. And there's there's guys walking around flogging drugs, obviously, because it's just pure hippies everywhere. And um, he goes, <laughs> he sees a guy and the guy's like, acid, MDMA, whatever. And Bernie's like, uh, I'll get some acid. Yo, 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 come, come over here. And the, and the guy comes over, sort of a dodgy guy with his little bum bag on. Before bum bags were just like road men accessories, it was, it was you are a drug dealer if you're wearing this. Or um, sort of a, a fat dad on a hike and the guy comes over and he's like yeah how many drops do you want kid and it's a little bit on top because it's just a huge car park just outside of Stonehenge just like fields filled with thousands of cars so he's like yeah come over here and he's like how do you want it? how do I get it off you Bernie's like what do I do are you gonna give it on a little tab of paper and the guy went get it on your knees so Bernie drops to his knees and the guy flips out this little drop bottle and just like squirts it into Bernie's open waiting mouth as he's on his knees and like shit I've said his name now <laughs> I'll uh, I'll censor that out um he's like well th thanks very much mate and gives him you know some inordinate amount of money 80 quid or something he had a few drops and um he's like oh, I shouldn't have had so many he turns to us he's like that tasted really strong and we were like oh no is this about to become like us babysitting you 
And he went, well, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound. If you're going to do it somewhere, do it at Stonehenge on summer solstice. And then uh, he's like waiting for an hour or two, like the classic story of, oh, you think it's not worked. And then he's waiting and waiting. And then it gets like three or four hours in and he just never comes up off it. And he's like, oh, I think I just gave a, a bell end 80 pounds to uh, squirt foul tasting liquid in my mouth while I'm on my knees. Humiliating. Um, but yeah, he loves acid, Bernie. Gave me acid. Um, that was a crazy time. Different time this was. But um, yeah, Stonehenge was, was nuts. There, there was this weird part where all these old women suddenly appeared and we couldn't be sure that we were seeing them. We were like, surely not. Surely there's not old women in this huge rave right now at Stonehenge. And there was police escorting them, which um, a time when, I mean, a couple of times when I've done hallucinogenics, I've tripped that there are police there. I don't, because obviously it might be on your mind, like this is criminal activities. Um, but yeah, there's police escorting old women to the stones, almost like this safari, like all these old women are coming in with a barricade around them and they're just sort of reaching out and touching the ravers like, oh, isn't this quaint, Deirdre? So, uh, yeah, but and they really were there. So I think everyone was like, no way, this can't be real. On the way back from that as well, um, the guy driving, um, yeah, he's, he's like, everyone just uh, stay, stay awake in the car because I'm pretty tired because you stay up till like 10 a.m., 11 a.m., you know, which... Obviously isn't nuts for some hardcore partiers, but, you know, we weren't partying hard. We, I think, like, most of us were just sober and we were just sort of having a bit of a smoke maybe and just waiting for the sun to come up. So everyone's knackered. And, uh, yeah, we're all in the car and I just, I'm on, like, you know, co-pilot duty in the passenger seat and I'm just like, nah, and I start falling asleep and I hear this, like, and I think it's the guy behind me kicking my seat I'm like dude what are you doing I'm like looking behind but he's passed out I'm like oh I look across the seats everyone in the in the back is passed out I'm like oh that's weird and I look over at the driver and he's just passed out at the wheel and the is the cat's eyes at the side of the road and I go ah we all like wake up and go oh Jesus Christ and then, uh, yeah, we pull over and have a little nap and then we go and like get some food and chill for a bit. But that was a bit of a near death, wasn't it? That's, I've had a couple of, I've never had a proper near death, like a crash scenario, but um, one year ago on New Year's Eve, so just over a year ago, I get in a crash on New Year's Eve, like five to 12, which is sober. Um, I'm not driving, my mum was driving, chilling at my parents' crib and, um, no one's really done anything. Like we all just thought, let's leave it. And then the last minute, my mum's like, you know what? Let's go watch the fireworks. Terrible impression of my mum. Watch my mum's episode. You'll see that's a terrible impression. And she's a thoroughly endearing character. So you, you might enjoy that better than this. Um, yeah, so we're just like driving down to see the fireworks. And it's literally like 5 to 12 and we get fucking T-boned. And it explodes our car. Our car's totally written off. But yeah, that's... I guess that's not a near death. A near death that I did have was um, the same Bernie from Stonehenge is trying to make DMT one time. He's like convinced himself he's a top level chemist. Um, and he orders all the shit online and 
how does it, what happens? It, I think he's just like cooking it up in my house, like in my bath or in like petri dishes that he's bought. I can't really remember the story now. And we're like, yeah, this is going to be sick. He's making the empty, like for people that, that don't know, I'm sure everyone knows. If you listen to podcasts, you cannot fail to have heard of DMT, dimethyltryptamine, which is like, or tryptamine is, um, it's like a naturally occurring drug everyone goes on about all the time, sort of hallucinogenic. And I think it makes you dream and people say it makes you, makes your life flash before your eyes when you're dying. Like your body floods with all your natural, um, you know, reservoirs of DMT. But um, he's trying to make it. Excuse me a moment, I've got a parched mouth. Difficult to talk for ages. Um, but yeah, he's, he, he makes some DMT. So it, it's pal- I don't even know what real DMT looks like because it sort of put me off ever wanted to try it. Um, you'll see why. Um, he makes it and I volunteer as the guinea pig because I'm a good lad. Like, I'll do it, mate. In a bit of a self-destructive phase, I think, at that time. But I also trusted him. It's Bernie. This guy's smart. He wouldn't make caustic soda would he? he wouldn't make an agent that burns your insides so i um have a couple toots on it i think he meant to smoke it anyway but i just start snorting rails of it and uh i look at him oh man is it gonna feel like the inside of your breathing apparatus is melting and he's like um and he starts flicking through this pad that he had and and he starts ringing up, you know, like, is it 101 or, you know, like the NHS helpline? And I'm going, oh, goodness. Just truly feeling like uh, that that's definitely the closest to death I've felt. Um, and do you know what? It was it wasn't bad. I think I'm I think I'm a little bit fearful of death in general or I have been at points. But in that moment, the closest I ever felt, I felt certain that I was going to die because I thought, I'm, I'm not going to be able to get fixed here. He's on to like some... I said his name again, shit. <laughs> He's on the phone to um, some burns unit in Scotland that would deal with chemical burns. And they're just... It doesn't sound good. Just, I'm overhearing... You're like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah, and he, I, think he, he, I think he came up... He like ran up to my room. This is him again in the old room that everyone used to chill in. And he, he came up with some water and he's asking me to inhale the water. And I just sort of accepted in that moment. I was like, I'm going to die for sure, aren't I? And uh, I look at my mate Nick that's there. I'm like, give us a cigarette, man. And he gives, give me a cig. And I'm just like, we had a good run, I think. And this is sort of a funny, this is like an ironic way to die. It's kind of, kind of badass, like dumb, which is funny. And, uh, you know, there are worse ways to go. I mean, I would have felt bad for Bernie, but um, you know what? He deserved it <laughs> for his uh, irresponsible cavalier attitude towards chemistry. Um, but no, he, like that crowd was, was sick that we used to hang with all the time. We used to go down to um, London and just sort of um, sleep rough down, you know, just go on like a mad bend a weekend, take some... There's a lot of drugs involved, actually. Now I'm telling the story. It sound, I sound like a druggie, but I guess these are just the interesting tales. Um, yeah, we used to go down there and uh, just make a few days of it and just sleep on the streets, which sounds so unpleasant now. Like I, I need to sleep pitch black, earplugs in, wind down for two hours before bed, blue blockers on the phone, 
it really fucks me up if I don't sleep right and we were just going down there sleeping on the cold concrete which is fucking ridiculous but uh, yeah that, that same crowd it was Bernie and uh, another mate of mine whose real name isn't Skies so that's what I will refer to him as um, went to Download Festival one time this is a good few years ago it's more than 10 years ago for sure um, so we got yeah we went down and I was too much of a pussy to sneak in with them. They snuck in, sneaked in, snake in um, on one night. And I must have stayed outside or something. I can't remember how it went, but they, they sort of found the spot to jump the fence and got in and then gave me the go ahead. Like, yeah, you can do it. And I was like, cool. And then I managed to get in as well. And you just, you jump over and there's a quad bike with security and you're running through the tents and you've got to change your clothes and you quickly switch it and you're like doing a barrel roll and then switch direction and start slowing your pace. So you're like, the guy ran this way. <laughs> fake mustache. I didn't do the fake mustache. Um, and they had already gotten in and I thought it would be a bit on top. I thought it would be suspicious if three of us went with like, oh, my band is missing. So they went and got their bands that let you in to see all the music, you know, the wristbands. And uh, I just, you know, set up my tent and have some drinks and just like, sort of party for the night. And I'm like, I'll just go in the morning. That makes sense. You know, you could easily have lost it in the night and go in the morning. So <laughs> in the morning, I get up and I thought this will be cool. I can do like the triumphant return. I won't tell anyone I'm going. I'll get up super early. So it's like 6 a.m. or something. And I thought I'll go and get the band. And then come back like, fucking hell, boys, look what's going on. And they'll be like, I'm coming up. And we'll all celebrate. So I go, I leave all my shit in the tent, like my bag and my phone and my money. And then, uh, uh, yeah, I get to the place where they give the uh, wristbands out and they start interrogating me. <laughs> Fuck you, Bernie and uh, Skies. Um you know, assured me that it was a piece of piss. They were like, literally, you go up and go, my band's gone. They go, no worries, kid. And they flick one onto your wrist. Um, not not my experience at all. Um, I got to the place and they started being like, oh, yeah, um, where exactly did you get your wristband in the first place? And I was like, um, I just can't, can't really remem remember now. It was, it was in a field. Um, I was a bit, bit drunk at the time, to be honest with you. And they went, it was here, wasn't it, mate? I was like, oh, so, so it was, so it was. <laughs> and then they were like, yeah, what was the weather like on the day that you arrived? And I was like, um, uh, like sweating bad. I was like, uh, it wasn't, wasn't, you know, just sort of middle of the road answer. I was like, it was not un, un good. It was, uh, <laughs> and they went, it was fucking chucking it down, mate. And I was like, ah, uh, and I just conceded defeat. I went, you rustled me. Can I, can I go and get my bag and my money at least, my phone, you know? And they, and they went, can you fuck? And just kick me out with nothing. Um, by the way, the guys that I left ended up just, I don't know if they investigated my departure. They just, I think they burnt my tent after I left. <laughs> um, I had to walk to the nearest town, which download um, goers will know is Donington. It's not, it's not that close. And I got there and I had to... Um, I was like, how am I going to make money here? I, I don't think I had the balls to just go into a pub and go, let me use the phone. I was like, I'm going to need to make some money and, do, and go to a pay phone. So I sort of busked. I went up to this group of dudes and was like, for, and I did this to about two or three parties and, and like a couple of them rejected me hard. So I was already like 
crushed by the time I got to the third guys. I was like, if I can, if I can make you guys impressed, if I can like make you go, oh, that's good. Will you give me a little bit of money to use the phone, please? And they went, go on then. So I beatboxed for them, which is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, they were sufficiently impressed with it. And I got some money and rang like a family friend that lived near there and got picked up. But yeah, weird that, isn't it? Like, I suppose, I suppose like somewhat performy in my nature. Like I never really seek out um, I know this is mega vloggy and like to camera and like rate, comment and subscribe guys, like what I'm doing right now, but I really don't seek out being, uh, having attention put on me. Um, but I, I, mates of mine listening to this um, might laugh at that because you're like, <clears throat> you are clearly a massive attention seeker. But to be clear, I'm very comfortable with attention being on me. I'm not like, oh God, don't look at me. I'm like, oh, cool, you want some entertainment? Da, da, da. And I like be entertaining, but if no one pays me any attention, I don't sort of shrivel up and die. I'm not a vampire that lives on, you know, eyeballs. Weird, weird thing to say. I'll cut that out. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, somewhat perform me my whole life, I guess. Um, they used to call me <laughs> Scooter Boy in high school when I first started because... Um, I can't do it anymore, um, but there used to be this tune, you know, Scooter, there was that, when I was young, it seemed that life would, but like pitched way up, I used to sing that and sing it way up, like with a crazy helium voice, to, for money, people would come over and go, Scooter boy, sing it, and I go, oh, I already sang it, you should have been here at dinner time, and they went, sing it, and they like flick quids at me like, mummy, what, mummy didn't see it, and I'd like sing Scooter for people, and they'd pay me, which is fucking strange I guess that's my first paid gig I was a professional singer but yeah even in primary school I was Herod every year in the nativity which that's is that good or bad charismatic but I can I'm sort of a very natural villain apparently um, you know I found a tape the other day um, well a few months ago I'm always guilty of saying the other day when I'm in a, a few months ago I found a tape um that I, rec I used to record on when I'm like, you know, a little cassette tape I used to record on when I'm like 10 or 11 years old called uh, Peter and the News, which is essentially this. It's just, it was just me talking and I'd play tunes on it and I'd do bits, you know, like impressions and sort of interview myself. Um, yeah, I found that. So that's, I mean, that's podcasting, right? I invented podcasting. Um, yeah, maybe I'll record some of that, like rip the audio and put it somewhere. I don't know. It's, it's absolutely insane though. It's not, um, yeah, it's, it's barely, you can't figure out what I'm even on about. It just sounds like a mentally ill person just rambling and screaming. I guess all kids are a bit like that, but I especially was super sort of precocious little, um, yeah, I was an attention seeker much more back in the day uh, at school and shit. I, like, I, there was uh, on stage, you know, I used to, um, I never gigged music wise at that age, but I would, you know, I think I wrote a monologue and then I was at some performing arts festival in Liverpool that I ended up, I think I won that. Um, 
and sort of I don't know just perform on stage did, did some shit with the Royal Shakespeare Company at one point at Lord Capulet I think I was um, but yeah that was a weird time definitely a weird fucking teenager um, like I already said on a previous episode if anyone caught that that I was uh, a Christian rapper at about you know 13, 14 which was a big rite of passage in my life to um, summon the autonomy to begin to question that and um, you know the doubt was there but the sense of community and there was a sort of peer pressure around um, not questioning it so it, it took it took something within me that I hadn't had as a child to go wait a minute and also I was just mega susceptible to shit like that you know I was just f fucking like paranoid and manic and stuff when I was a teenager I think maybe I wasn't getting it I'd, I'd sleep like four or five hours a night tops sometimes like three hours a night all the way through school and I just had like this crazy energy I know all kids have that I, I would have definitely been diagnosed with like ADHD if it was 2019 or 20 I guess now um, oh that's going to happen for a while isn't it everyone's going to do that <laughs> observational comedy <laughs> um, but yeah I was, in, I was nuts man I used to um, this is sort of weird to admit it's semi embarrassing but it's true so I'll admit it uh, I used to I think after watching Truman Show um, and having developed a little bit of a complex I used to sort of enter a, you know, like the bathroom and just sort of make a quip about what had been going on in the other room or sort of keep whoever might be watching entertained. This is a deep fucking thing to admit. And I guess it's really weird to admit to a camera right now. There's no one here, is there? So I'm sort of doing the same now. Um, but yeah, I used to think that, not, not hidden cameras per se, although I'm sure I entertained that, fantasy at some point but more like there was disembodied intangible aliens or something watching which isn't um, dissimilar is it than thinking that God is watching I know that's that's I mean some people won't want to hear that but I, yeah I think that is a little bit weirdly paranoid I guess to think that you're being observed at all times because you aren't um, yeah Weird kid though, setting fires and shit. Um, me and my mates used to play with knives and like slice each other up like quite badly, like go to hospital. Absolute fucking idiots. Yeah, super dangerous shit all the time to be honest. I brought loads of bones. Brought like, well I don't know what's loads, not compared to like a motocross rider, but you know, 12, 13 bones, like fingers, ribs, nose, Collarbone, fractured feet and hands, fingers, um, dislocated hip, broke my coccyx, dislocated my jaw, bust my head open, broke my arm and shit. Broke loads of ribs, you know, as well. Ribs are super easy to break. But um, it was good times, though. Don't want to give the impression that I had this um, fucked up... Uh, adolescence that they were the good times that's what I'm trying to recapture now in it that's what I won't let go of that's why I'm in a 
pretend ship. Hey. <laughs> uh, yeah, we used to go on cool adventures and shit all the time. Just everyone, I know, I know everyone did when they're a teenager, but we used to go in. We were not messing about. We used to try and get 30, 40 people to come out and just do whatever we were doing. Um, we used to hang out on skate park that um, I actually, I, for some reason, I was tasked with designing this skate park. Um, it was like we had chosen, I think, in PE at, PE at school, you could pick your options, couldn't you? Like, I want to do football. I want to do contemporary dance. Um, and I'd put skating with a co like two other people. And the school lads come back and go, oh, sorry, not enough people have put this. It's not really worth paying for a minibus to go to the nearest skate park. And we kicked up a fuss about it because we identified as skaters. I could not skate. I essentially cannot skate. I can sort of stand up on a skateboard, maybe at best do a pop shove it or something. I certainly can't really drop in or even ollie properly. Um, but we were like, oh my God, skating is for life. What are you losers? And... Uh, <laughs> yes we sort of wrote a letter I think complaining about it and demanding that we have a skate park like literally I would come to school with my skateboard and uh, and people would be like oh cool so you skate and I'd be like yeah well not much you know a little bit obviously like I've been sponsored you know as like a lying kid like loads of kids are but uh, yeah they made a skate park and the guys that were making it or whoever was in charge of it consulted me and my mates on this skate park and with no experience, had to just sort of at random just go, yeah, put a ramp there and and they're like, yes, and what else? And we're like, uh, put a vert there, just a little fun box there, well, that should be good. And we made the worst skate park. It had no sort of fluidity to it. You couldn't do a proper line on it, like all the skaters that we knew, because we used to hang out there all the time when it was made, but all the skaters were like, this is rubbish. Like this skate park is not very good. It, it's literally just where people, like teenagers, used to go and smoke weed and hang out and finger blast each other. It was all right for BMXing, apparently. I think I heard. I don't know. I got knocked down anyway. That skate park, but yeah, smoked a lot of weed on there. A lot of drugs. Um, not down there per se, but done a bunch of drugs in my time. Um, I'm sure that won't surprise a lot of people. Um, let me think. What, which ones have I done? <clears throat> um, yeah, I'll just... None of the ones that... I mean, by my view, I think some people go, oh, no, I, I would never do drugs. Uh, you know, they wouldn't even smoke weed, so everyone's got different... <coughs> different sort of cut-off points. To me, I feel as if I never did anything that crazy because I didn't do crack or heroin. Although I, I think I accidentally smoked heroin one time. We were told by the guy that sold it to us, but who knows if that's true. Um, but yeah, you know, just MDMA, you know, in pills um, and just pure cocaine. Um, Ket. Um, sort of knockoff versions of all those things like MX and AMT, which is like DMT-ish type of deal. Um, can't think of all what drugs exist now. Salvia, salvia is a fucking horrible one. 
they tell you that salvia is good and they say, uh, oh, it's a laugh, do it with your mates at a party and you laugh. But I honestly think the laughing that you do, and this is sort of laughing, this is a weird theory I have on laughing in general, but I think the laughing you do specifically on salvia is like just malfunctioning. Like a baby laughs because it's learning information. What what frame of reference does a baby have for what's funny? If you just do something new and, and sort of change the end of a pattern that a baby's expecting, it laughs. And I think laughing's sort of this coping mechanism maybe to deal with things not going strictly how you thought they might, which is why jokes with surprise endings might make you laugh or... Yeah, that's a weird little tangent anyway, but yeah, we did uh, Salvia a few times, fucking horrible. Um, went to Blue Planet Aquarium on Space Cakes one time, that was, that was something else. I remember being stood at the... Uh, I just started to come up off these space cakes, which for squares, that means a chocolate brownie with some weed in it. Um, edibles, they just call them now. So I guess, is that what it is? Do I just say edibles now in 2020? Um, I remember being just sort of, it starting to hit after a couple hours. Um, and I was stood at this tank where there's like a chameleon inside, which are unreal to look at anyway. Absolutely fascinating, aren't they? Um, and I'm high as a kite, checking out this chameleon and just like, whoa, this is the most intense time I've ever had in my life. And I'm like making these, you know, numinous connections with an eel, just thinking like, we are one and I'm the same as you, eel guy. Just hippie shit. Um, yeah, this, and I start reading the plaque next to the chameleon's tank, just going like, you know, in David Attenborough style, like, this chameleon is fed once every... And I'm sort of a, loosely aware of a guy next to me and he's listening and he, I'm sort of reading it to him in a way, just going like, the chameleon commonly thinks that... And I can see him going like, wow, this is really interesting. Huh? Is this, this guy must be a, a herpetologist or something. And, um, and I get to the end of the plaque and I sort of like look at him and... I, then I become aware of quite how high I must look because I look, already look like Je 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 Jesuit, Jesus-y, messianical. I don't know the word for it. Um, so I look super like I would be high even if I wasn't high. And I was super duper high, just like red eyes. And I just look at him like, <laughs> and he's like, oh, Jesus Christ. And he, and he beelines away from me. Can you beeline away from people? I'll just cut all my mistakes out, mate. I'm in charge of the podcast. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was a crazy one. I remember being in Burger King, like we had to go for some food at some point because you just feel like it's an eternity, don't you? When you're super, super trippy high on edibles. We had to nip into the local Burger King and I couldn't figure out if I'd already ordered or not. I was like stood in the queue in what seemed like these hallowed halls of Burger King, just these columns that stretched up to the heavens and this massive... Just like ridiculously um, sort of, what's the word for it? I don't know, it was church-like and uh, they're looking at me and I can't tell if they're really looking at me or just catching my eye and going, you okay, buddy? Or if they're going, are you going to order something? Or are you going to, we just shouted that this is your order. Are you going to take it? And uh, I got the burger in the end and I couldn't even manage eating it. I was like, bit it. And then I was like loosely aware of... Um, 
just some mush going round somewhere, but I didn't know if I was the burger or I was the teeth or if I was imagining this whole thing. So I just put the burger in my pocket and ate it later. <laughs> um, yeah. If you have got this far, congratulations, because I can't, I would not, I wouldn't listen to this. I don't know why. <laughs> why would you, some guy just recounting baghead tales from the day? Um, shrooms was alright. Did shrooms one time in, uh, when I was away in Asia one time on my gap year. Um, I didn't do a gap year, by the way, just that's the only people that go to Asia in it, gap year cunts. Um, I don't rate traveling, actually, to be honest with you. Don't much care about it. I remember Skies, the guy I told a story about earlier saying one time, it was just you, but somewhere else, he said something to that effect. And I was like, oh yeah, it is. I think it took me a while to realize, I think I was so committed to believing what it seemed like everyone believed, which is like, oh, it's eye-opening and you'll, you'll become a new self and you'll be reborn and you'll get a new perspective on the world and stuff. But it, it's, it's not the only place you can get all those experiences. Um, and admittedly, I have been, a, been traveling a little bit so maybe it's not a fair experiment, but um, yeah, I don't know if I care about going back anymore. But uh, yeah, the shrooms, like a shroom shake on uh, in Indonesia. Fuck, that was a that's a crazy story. Um, that was a good time. The shrooms bit. That was at the end of it after this fucking absolute palaver the whole time. Um, oh, I've just noticed these stripes on my pants for. Uh, people watching and not just listening match the deck chairs that I picked out I must have a penchant for thick vertical stripes um, sorry ADHD sorry um, yeah so th that was a good thing the shrooms thing splish splashing in the in the sea at the end of a a real grueling trip what what happened was I saved up for ages to go to Indonesia with my missus um, and I'm obviously not making a lot of money, so it took me a long time. It took me like a year, to, year and a half at least, to just scrape enough money by just to like survive while we were there, just to get the flight. And then we were thinking, oh, if I have two pot noodles a day, I should be all right. <laughs> and then we were dicking about mid journey there, like at, you know, like in I think we were in Istanbul, and we we're pissing about at the airport waiting for a transfer. And my girl's doing yoga next to me and I'm just sort of listening to tunes, bopping. And then we're like, oh, we better go for the plane. Like, it's getting to the time that it said on the thing. And we got there and the time that it said on the thing was the time that the plane left, which I hadn't seen before. I'd not flown loads. Um, I thought that was like when the gate opened or whatever. <laughs> so she's chat, she's running around like crying trying to get the guy like oh, how do we get on this let us out the side door and we'll get one of those little buggies that the guy goes on at the end of liar liar and we'll jump on the plane and um i was like just relax babe we'll just we'll get on the next plane just, I, I didn't know how it worked i thought you just flash your ticket on the next plane fucking idiot um so yeah she she goes nah we're gonna have to buy new flights and it was like a package thing i think the flights we bought there we missed and then it also cancelled the flights back so we had to buy flights like returns again ridiculous anyway long story but we, we 
were awake for like 50 hours in the airport, ringing people up and trying to transfer cash from different accounts. And then the, ca the accounts are getting froze because, um, you know, it's suspicious activity, activity. People in a different country are like transferring hundreds of pounds from accounts. And uh, it's just, it was a fucking ball ache. And, and we managed to get there in the end and we've just been awake for ages and we just feel like, right, let's make the most of it now, even though I had to borrow loads of money and now I felt like I'm spending money rather than I've saved money and I'm just living off the saved money. Now, every day that I'm there, I'm spending more money and I'm thinking like, how, how many jobs is this going to be when I get home now to equalise this debt that I am accruing while I'm here? Um, so that was good times. And then when we finally got there, within a couple of days, we'd thought we'll cheer ourselves up. One of the first nights we go to like the Indonesian ballet, which you might have seen on videos and stuff. It's on a video called Samsara, on like a documentary called Samsara. It's near the beginning, those freaky little child geisha things. So we were going to go and check that out. And um, yeah, I get a message um, saying like, I'm really sorry, I didn't want to have to tell you this. And we've been going back and forward on whether or not it's a good idea to tell you while you're away, but we can't keep it from you. Don't want to find, don't want you finding out a different way. So I'll just say it like a, a mate of ours, like a, a best mate of ours, really. Um, Beef, he's called. That is his real name. All my mates got ridiculous names. Um, he's he's been knocked off his bike and uh, and killed. And um, I hadn't had anyone die in my life before. I, I, it sounds weird like making the story about me like oh how did it affect me but I mean you've only got your own perspective haven't you um, never have any, I'd never had anyone die before and I looked over it my girlfriend and I, I knew that she hadn't really either and she's like putting a makeup on like are we in the front row Pete hey and uh, I'm like oh what do I do now do I smash her phone and then not let her on the internet for the entirety of this trip because it after all you know, after all we've done to get here, you know, like years of saving and planning and it was a big long travel around the whole of Indonesia, you know, all the way down Java and across the, across Bali and the Gillies and stuff. Um, I was like, I can't spoil that for her, but, you know, it only took me a minute to decide, like, obviously you would want to know. Um, so, oh, this is from Indonesia, actually, for the video guys and got this little piece of soft edged gla glass that um that Tanya gave me actually while we while we were there maybe she'll be she'll be cross that I didn't remember when, when exactly she gave it me but um I do go off uh, topic don't I I do digress um I thought I've got to tell her so um I was like sit down just dead sit more serious than I've ever been in my life and, uh, and broke the news to her. Uh, and then, I mean, we sort of lost our minds a little bit, to be honest. I think because we were just mega stressed anyway. Um, and then just this crazy news, we just stayed in, in this little room in a bed, some like homestay that we were at. And they must have been like, what the hell is going on in there? Because this Western couple's just in there, probably crying for... 72 hours and we would just wake up 
cry for an hour and then fall back asleep out of exhaustion and dehydration. Um, I mean, I don't want to bum you out. You get you get the idea. Everyone's had grief and shit. That happens, and we we're so knackered by like halfway through this journey, we just go, shall we just stop traveling? Let's go to a, like the Gilly Islands, which are nice little remote beachy sort of chilled place. And we went, let's just go there and spend a few weeks there and just relax. Cause what we're doing to ourselves, just imposing this stress and going, we have to go there and we have to do this and have all these experiences. Excuse me. Breasts. Um, yeah, so we're we're on the Gilly uh, Gilly Menno we were on, which is like not the party one; it's sort of a chilled one. Um, and we go let's let's go out in the morning and, and check out the uh, the volcano from like look look across at the next island, or we just wanted to go and see the sunrise anyway. And we get there in the morning, and the whole sky is like black. And we're like, what? What's going on? What, what is? What's this? Um, and someone's like, oh yeah, the volcano on the next island's gone off. Lombok, it's called. And we were like, oh, okay, so what's that going to mean for flights though? Because we fly in a couple of days. And he was like, no, no, you're not flying in a couple of days. Definitely not. <laughs> like all the airports are closed. Um, and we were like, cool. So we had to go and jump on a, when we did leave, we had to get on like a, a little local, you know, dodgy airline thing on this little dirty plane and looking out the window and the turbines going and I was like oh this is it and I don't know if anyone else has had this when someone you know dies or at least the first time that happens and it was a surprise as well he didn't um, you know he wasn't like ill he just surprised went and we all thought we were invincible our whole squad just thought like we all live forever which I'm sure everyone has when you're younger um, so yeah we just kept thinking we were going to die all the time so we jumped on this little stiggy plane and we were like, oh, this is definitely it. I remember looking, I, was, I kept seeing things or noticing things as we were on this trip that I thought, don't tell Tanya about that because I know that she feels the same as me and if I tell her this, it'll freak her out. So loads of, you know, it was like crazy big spider in the room at one point and just, I don't know, some guy trying to sell us um, crystal meth and if you even talk about weed in Indonesia, we got told they'll kill you in the street, but I'm sure that can't be true. Um, how did it go? Um, oh yeah, yeah, we're on the plane and then I saw this little lady next to me, like a little local lady just sort of do, throwing up the, uh, what's it called, you know, when you do the Jesus cross on your chest? Um, oh, I should know, because I went to the church and that, didn't I? Um, anyway, besides the point, any of that, we had a tough time while we were there, mate. Um, I remember when we got back, I used to, well, yeah, on occasion, I still go on the sunbeds, you know, like tanning center action. Um, I feel as, as if it's good for your skin. Like if you have dry skin or spotty or whatever, if you just go on for like the minimum time, once a month, maybe, um, then it's, you get vitamin D and I don't know, and you sort of look not as much as if your job is to sit at a computer in your room all day. Um, and I remember hearing that Beef had had a course of minutes at our local tanning place. And I was like, so they're just gonna go to waste now. Um, and they're like, yeah, yeah, well, his, his parents could always transfer them across to you, I guess, if you wanted them. And I was like, right. 
and I'm, I do apologise if his parents are watching. I apologise for all the other stories that I've been telling, if they are watching, the, the, the Henrys, they're called. Um, but I rang up the, <laughs> the sunbed place, impersonating Beef's dad. And uh, I was like, oh, uh, hello. <laughs> I, I think maybe the, the chick that answered the phone knew and she was just like, if you're going to embarrass yourself like this, I'll just give you the minutes. But maybe she believed it. Maybe I'm an incredible actor. Um, but yeah, I rang up and like split his minutes between me and my other mate, Zach. Um, that's pretty embarrassing, isn't it? I, st I stole from a dead man. Um, I got plenty of embarrassing stories, mate. I, uh, not, not, not super embarrassing, not like, uh, bring shame on your Shaolin temple embarrassing. Um, I got, oh, I did, um, I did a crime one time. I got charged criminal damage fee or something. I can't remember what it was. It wasn't like too bad. I didn't, um, get in super bad trouble for it, but I was at Tesco and, uh, the self-service machines are a bit annoying, aren't they? I, I, I think they've toned them down, which must be because so many people complained about them, but it was in the era where the Tesco ones would be like, please wait for assistance, unexpected item in the bagging area. I don't know if they still do that, but it was giving me grief, this thing, and the light's flashing, and I'm waiting for the guy to come over to help and just like tell it to shut up, and I'm like, just relax machine the guys come in it's like unexpected please wait for a please wait for assistance and i was like just bite your tongue just relax bro the guys come in you don't have to speak and it's so annoying because it's speaking to you like a human would and if a human was speaking to you like that it'd be super ridiculous you'd be like you're being irrational stops i've told you not you don't have to speak do you know what i mean they're interrupting you just repeating the same thing over and over. like it should just have a little flashing light or something it shouldn't have Please wait for assistance. Unexpected penis in the shitting area. Um, so I, I gave it a little jab, right? And I, I'm not hard. I honestly just gave it the tiniest love tap. I just, just went, shut up. You know, just like, as you would, just like, all right, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe no one else would give it a little tap. But I gave it a tap and the fucking screen um, shattered. Um and it looked worse because uh, my hand was bleeding because it's like glass so that it cut my hand and the, the self-service machine was broke. And uh, I remember the manager get it coming over and be like, oh, and I was like, oh, how much am I going to owe you for this, man? Sorry, I lost my temper with it. And, and he was like, get it, get in the office. And he rang the police, which I thought was a bit much. I was like, I'm look, I didn't run away, just... Tell me what it costs, I'll pay for it. I'm glad he didn't make me do that now because it cost, probably cost grands or, you know, hundreds at least. And he only ended up having to pay a little bit. Um, and I remember the police coming and taking like a statement and he was pacing in the corner, just going, I want him behind bars. That's what he said, I want him behind bars. And the police were looking at me like, this guy is super overreacting right now. But um, definitely not the most embarrassing moment. Embarrassing story I've got is I'm at, skies again whoa like those guys some good stories out of those guys and it's not even half the stories about bernie and uh, skies and beef actually um some good lads but yeah i'm at um skies's mates pub ah oh, this is super duper embarrassing i don't um i hesitate to tell this story because 
there's video evidence of it somewhere. I don't want it to surface. Um, I'm at his mate's pub and there's a hot tub in the back. And I don't know anyone else here. I just know Skies. So I'm sort of like, you know, wandering around after him a little bit. Um, and we're all chilling in this hot tub at some point. Um, but it's one that you just have to like get a vat of boiling water and pour it in, that kind of deal. So, yeah, there's a point where I jump out of the tub and I run, th you have to run out around the front of the pub and through the pub in like wet boxes. And I hear this like, woo, go up from the corner. I'm like, uh, and I just carry on through. And I'm in the kitchen filling up this water. And then the owner of the pub appears at the entrance to the kitchen and says, um, oh, yeah, he's Skies' mate, yeah. And I went, yeah. And, and they were like, um, oh, well, it's, just, it's my mum's, this is the owner of the pub or like co-owner or whatever. Um, it's my mum's birthday. Um, it's like she's 60 or something. And uh, her and all her friends are out here. And we just, you know, they're just wondering if you come out and like say hello. And I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> Obviously, you have to be joking. I don't know anyone at this pub. My mate's outside. I'm looking for him over a shoulder like, skies, <laughs> skies. And I'm, and then another, like a bar, another bar staff guy appears and he's like, come on, we'll give you free drinks all night. I'm like, that's not making it any more alluring to me. And then like an old lady's head poked around the corner like, hey. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm sort of, they're making it too awkward to say no here um, and I, I felt pressured into it a little bit but then I thought like don't be soft like just why not just do it because <laughs> I thought I'm not going to be like pressured into going out there all shy and just be like hey. I thought right if you're asking for it you're going to fucking get what you've asked for and um, I went who's got um, pony genuine is it called <coughs> that one do they do it in Magic Mike? I think that's where I'd heard of it. Anyway, yeah, and he ran off and, and then someone brought me a kimono as well. <laughs> so then someone chucked a kimono on me and I went out there and I really aggressively and very earnestly stripteased these old ladies. Uh, elderly, you know, 60. Uh, age is just a number. Um, but yeah, I went for it quite intense. I, I was drunk, but I remember like... And I'm not going to be accused of me too in anyone here because I was me too. I was forced under duress to uh, strip publicly against my will. But I remember like grabbing old lady heads, big handfuls of white hair and sort of gyrating against heads. And yeah, I was lying across a big group of them and sort of doing the worm across their old laps. And then I was so embarrassed at the end of it when I'd sort of come out of the you know, excitement of it all. I was like, oh my goodness, that's, now that is something that I've always done for the rest of my life. And I'll probably talk about it on Potentiaship one time. Um, and I just ran away, I think. I think I grabbed a shirt or pants. I remember not being dressed. I remember definitely being in some state of undress and just ran away from the pub and got a taxi back to my hometown on my own, which cost a lot in like half dressed in soggy clothes. Um, but you've got to say these things, haven't you? You've got to tell the story and own it and then no one can use it against you. Um, also probably not the most embarrassing time what I've had. Um, I'm at a networking... I didn't know it was a networking thing. I thought it was a party for like photographers and creatives and stuff. 
we go to this mill and um, it quickly becomes apparent that it is a bit of a networking thing. I just thought everyone would be having a couple of drinks and chatting, but everyone's like, oh, what agency do you work for? <laughs> I work for this. And, oh, yes, these are a couple of my models over here. And I was like, oh, this is fucking dirty. I hate this. And there's a couple of cool guys there. Like, it's one, like, um, grime, like Manchester grime artist guy I'm chatting to for a bit. I'm, like, latched onto him. You're a real human. Let's, we'll just hang out for a bit. But I didn't want to take up all his time, so I'm just sort of drifting around on my own at one point. And a guy comes over chatting to me, and he's like, Oh, he's, oh n- nice outfit, nice ensemble. He said something like that. And I was like, cool. Well, we're friends now, aren't we? And he went, um, oh, yeah, I was an art curator in Japan. I don't know. He's coming out with some bit dubious of what he was on about. But, um, yeah, interesting guy. And he wasn't trying to network. He was just trying to have a chat with me. So we're chatting for a bit. And um, we're sort of like talking about Instagram and stuff, I'm scrolling and I've got, I've got pictures that I've taken of my girlfriend on there, like modelling, because she's done a little, tiny bit of modelling. And he's like, oh, wow, is that your girlfriend? I was like, yeah, yeah. And he was like, oh, this is my boyfriend here. And he's showing me pictures of his boyfriend. And um, his boyfriend's like a model as well. So I'm like, whoa, dude, that guy is ripped. It was like some Swedish fitness model guy. And I was like, Christ, you're like a lucky guy. You got this model dude. And he went, yeah, 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 10 inch penis. <laughs> Just like threw that in there and I was like, oh goodness, that that can't be good for you, can it? Oh no. And I just felt that he was sort of doing it as a brag, but I was like, that sounds horrific. And he was like, why? How big are you? And I was like, oh, my girlfriend says big enough. Just like an odd question. But we just, we we blow right through that. And um, we're chatting, you know, just carry on chatting. We're chatting about all sorts of shit and saying we should like collab or so he's like showing me stuff on Instagram. It's cool. And then... Uh, yeah, I just decided to get off at some point because it's just like a shit party. So I, I go, I'm going to walk back to town, me, bro. Um, he's like, oh, just wait a second. I'll come with you. And I was like, all right. And then um, we start, it's like in a mill. So we're up on the third floor and we start coming down the floor. So we're on like the first or second floor, and he, which is empty. And, he, and he's like, oh, just one second. And he's looking around, looking for, I don't know what he's looking for. I, I, so I, I'm like, what are you after, bro? Like a toilet or... And he's like, um, I don't know. And he's like, looks in a room. He's like, I'm, I sort of half follow him. I'm like, are you good? And, and he's like, oh, um, do you want to, do you want to like compare knobs? And I was like, <laughs> I'd like to have thought until that moment that in that situation, I would, I'd be like, you should be so lucky, mate. You'd love to see my knob <laughs> on your bike. Um, or, you know, just what, I don't, I don't know how I thought I would react, but how I actually reacted was I went red and I felt terrified. I, I was like, no, 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 no. I said, no chance, no way. And I just started backing away and I turned and it's like semi jogged away from the guy because he like, li- he like lied. He, he, he was pretending it was a game, you know, like oh, drink this whiskey, bro. Like let's play some Xbox, you know, just sort of made it into a doctors and nurses style thing, which, if he'd have just said, like, oh, should we do gay stuff? I'd have been like, oh, no, it's not for me. Thanks, though, man. I'm flattered. But because he, he was, like, lying, it just felt, like, horrible and evil because he was trying to trick me into, like, what, we both get our dicks out. He's, I, I don't know if that's what... I don't know what he wanted to do, to be honest. I'm sort of predicting what he was after. But it, then the mill doors that we had to ultimately come out of are these massive, heavy metal doors 
that are super loud when they close. So we're like, <laughs> and he's like chasing me down the stairs, basically just going, ah, what's up, man? What's up? And I'm just going, oh, I don't know. I just got to go and see my girlfriend. Her. Just like making shit up. And we get out the door together and the door <laughs> closes and we're out in the cold dead of night in silence. And it's so awkward. Like the tension is unreal. Just sort of walking brisk. And I'm thinking, oh, I badly need a piss as well. But there's no way I want to get my knob out right now and have a piss because I feel like he'll come up next to me like, that's a hard fight. And <laughs> I'm su super not homophobic by that. That might sound like, oh yeah, these benders are always trying to touch a knob, but you've just heard the story. He was genuinely after some shit. Like, it was weird. And we were like walking together. And I think at some point I was like, I have to get out of it. My bladder's going to split. And I went, I'm just going to go this way, huh? And he was like, okay, see you later. Sorry about before. And he like acknowledged that it was weird. So he knew it was weird. And I went, well, and as we're walking away, I sort of look over my shoulder like, well, yeah, it was a bit weird, wasn't it? Like, we don't, don't really know each other. But, and he went, yeah, ha, ha, add me on YouTube, which I've never heard anyone say before, but that was a fucking weird, a weird tale that was. But yeah, not homophobic. I, I don't, th this is the most, this is the weirdest thing. No one's on my team about this, by the way. I understand that, but. I don't really strictly know if there is any like 100% gays or 100% straights. I just think everyone is sort of, people say spectrum, don't they? But I just think it's like everyone's got the capacity to be attracted to either gender by a certain degree. And, uh, and most people who identify as straight are just like pretty straight given the correct circumstances. And I'd say, you know, vice versa, people that identify as gay are probably just like, quite gay I do think there is pressure you know to if you are bi there's sort of pressure to just say you're gay because that's easier and everyone's like accepts it and there's a little bit of weird elitism in in like the gay community I, I don't really know loads of gays so someone will have to educate me on this but it feels as if gay dudes and lesbians look down on bi's a little bit which I think is weird considering you must have been the subject to that sort of scrutiny and alienation and ostracization yourself from you know knobhead straight people so seems weird to have a go at people for their sexuality especially considering that i would say most people are some percentage of bi i don't know but um yeah that story man it really made me empathize with like women in clubs because that guy was that sort of a diminutive guy he couldn't have he could never have beaten me up mate but no he's like a, a little dude and I still felt physically intimidated because I knew his agenda um, and that he was willing to sort of lie to, to get what he wanted as well. And girls must face that, that you're surrounded by humans what are bigger than you that could just take whatever they want from you and they're all drooling over you and saying they want to bang you. It's fucking terrifying. Like how on earth are girls going on Tinder dates with strangers? That's like me volunteering to go in a prison for like for a chat and then there's just loads of dudes that I can bet my bottom dollar want to shag me. Well, I don't know. Is that big headed? Like prison guys would love to shag me. I just assumed because I don't know. Is that, is that just a myth from the films? Is it really like that in there? I don't know. I'll have to get someone on who's been to prison. I'll wrap this up anyway, man. Cause, uh, my little, my little pussy voice is knackered. Um, I'll tell a couple of nice stories. Why don't I? Um, holidays maybe I went on holiday with um, with my mate 
Um, I'll bleep that actually because he doesn't come off well in the story in certain parts. Although I did see him the other day and he said, I'm not asked, mate, put it in. But um, then the decision's made in it forever if I just leave it in and he might change his mind when he's got a family or whatever. Um, but yeah, me and my buddy, um, we go away to Mallorca and it's the first time I've ever been away. In fact, I had wanted to go away a couple of years before and I'd been saved. Like I said, it takes me fucking years to save up because I'm terrible with money and I don't even earn any of it. Everything I earn, I just wax on food and just all, all sorts of shite. Um, so I'd been saving up and then my little sister's girlfriend had been living with us at my parents' house. And it turned out that she'd been stealing sort of slowly over ages from my mum and stealing money primarily, but stealing stuff like a mate of mine, who, the guy that died actually had bought, bought some cigs back from China when he went to China and she just had them like sentimental items. And um, yeah, she's, she stole like hundreds of pounds that I've been saving up to go on holiday. And uh, I knew it was her, but I couldn't do any sort of sting operation because my mum was like, oh, I don't want to alienate your sister by asking them, hey. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's all besides the point. I ended up, oh, well, really, it just informs the reason that uh, I ended up just going away with one guy in the end because it was the next year I'd saved up and I was like, come on, let's do it this year. And everyone was like, oh, I don't really, nah, you know, everyone wanted to go the year before and no one wanted to come again this year. So I was like, right, well, I'm not fucking postponing this for another year again. I'm going to go on holiday. Um, no matter who's, I'll go on my fucking own. So my boy comes with me and, we, you know, it was, it was sort of an all right time. He, he was just starting to realise that he suffers from anxiety a little bit, which put a, a dampener on the rest of the holiday. But the first night, he hadn't figured that out yet. The, the rest of the holiday is like a different sort of tale. But the first night is uh, we got there and I don't know why I'm telling you this story, man, but um, maybe I shouldn't tell this story. Yeah, well, we got, we like, we got, let's go. We'll just go to a little local strip joint. And so this isn't Magaluf, by the way. This is called Santa Ponza where we're at. It's mainly old people there. It's sort of like quite far away from any of the party places. Um so we go, let's just nip to the local strip thing and we'll just like get a dance or whatever and then we'll just, we'll go home and then we'll, we'll go hard tomorrow. Like we've just had a flight, we just got here. Um, so we nip in there and we, there was no one else in there. It was just the owner of the club and one stripper sat at the bar and then me and my mate just walk in. And then he was, I was like, let's just leave. But he's like, nah, I want to dance. So I was like, okay. So I just sort of wait in the club listening to the tunes on my own, just da, 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 da. And he goes in this booth and I can see from across the room in this booth, I'm like, what the hell's going in, on in there? Like her hair's coming up like 12 feet off the ground. I'm like, she stood on his shoulders. Like what's going on right now? And like her legs like poking out of the curtain. I'm like, what, what on earth is she doing to him in there? Um, and the curtain opens after a little bit and he walks out shell shocked. He's like, like, um, <laughs> I won't divulge everything that happened to him in there, but, you know, he, he got the gold star treatment. And uh, and then we go, let's head down to the beach, man, crack a couple of tinnies, and then and then we'll go to bed. And we get to the beach, and he's like, we have to go to Magaluf immediately. I have to get my end away. I'm like, okay, man. And I didn't fancy it, but, you know, you got a cock guide, you bros, haven't you? Someone's trying to get laid. You have to help them out. 
So we jump in a taxi and he's like, brasses, mate, brasses. The taxi driver's like, hey, pardon, I don't know. And I'm like, trying to, <laughs> about to explain. And my mate's just like, brasses, brassos, take us. I need a brasser. Like, just refuses to accommodate this taxi driver. And I go, can you take us somewhere where there's like a brothel, you know, where prostitutes are? And he was like, ah, yes. What did he say? It was like called Dream or Heaven, I think it was called. And um, so he sets off and he gets all the way to Magaluf. We didn't know he was going to Magaluf, but we get there and we're on the strip in Magaluf. And we go, oh, I already talked about, yeah, I already talked about this story in a past episode. You'll have to go and watch all my past episodes to hear the rest of the story. But um, yeah, he goes, he goes in there and I'm sort of sat outside chatting with the other um, sex workers that are there. Um, I, I suddenly feel like I shouldn't tell this. I'll tell a different holiday story and you, and you can uh, inundate me with inboxes saying like, you can't do that, you can't get us there in the palm of your hand and then not give us the end of it. But um, it was a good time anyway, it was a good time. One of the happiest moments of my life, mate. We went to um, we went to Benidorm, which people will know is like a, a party capital for young lads. And we went a bit late, actually. Um, but it was first tag do, so it wasn't just like a lads, 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 let's go and get fucked up. It was sort of a final hurrah type of deal. Um, and, you know, we just did all the standard Benarif action, um, going out and... There's like someone gets into a fight with a little person, a, you know, a dwarf, not a child. Um, and there's people, there's one club where a guy like Darth Vader's doing a 69 with Princess Leia and uh, just going around the club on one of those little, what are they called? That the kids, that the children, that the, all the kids have these days. A little hoverboard sort of thing, just around the club. So you're just drinking and then just those guys 69 and just fully naked apart from the Star Wars get up. Um, you know, just all, all that type of action was going on. Um, skinny dipping and people getting their clothes robbed and phones smashed by, like, strippers and all sorts of shit was going on. But all the illicit shenanigans is not the best part. That was all just like, I could take this, I'll leave it. The best part, mate, was we'd been... Um, one of the guys had fallen out with everyone because he, and this is important to the story because it sort of sets the moment, uh, the best, the, the one moment that's coming, it sort of sets the, the taste, like the pre, it's the precursor to that moment. Um, he's one of the guys that's, he's had his phone broken. He had to check himself out of hospital to come on the holiday because he was, wasn't feeling good and he sort of shouldn't have really come, really. <laughs> um, and he, he also went in the sea and left all his clothes on the beach and they all got stolen and no one was really taking him serious. No one was like, oh, we need to ring the police. Everyone was like, ah, you lost your fucking clothes, mate. And he's just he's not having a good time. He's up all night just like fucking pissed off and he's just not anyone's mate right now. And we're all causing a, a ruckus in the, the pool at one point and he's obviously not involved. He's like, I'm going to go to the clinic see if I can get anything for this rush on my legs. Bye. And he, and he fucks off. And we're all just like backflipping into the pool and like going, bah, bah, da, 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 and just being like Larry, horrible British tourists, which is super fun, by the way, to just be a loud dickhead that everyone hates in the hotel. We're having a mint time. And the hotel guy's coming over going, I ring policia, you don't, you stop this. And we were just going, hey, just backflipping off things and jumping in the pool. And we, we were doing this thing where we were going, oh, 
to get someone to jump in, if they're near the pool, you go, oh, and then they've got to strip off and jump in the pool. And the guy that fell out with everyone came back and he's and he's like coming over to get the key card for the room or whatever. And he's, and he's like, has any, anyone got the key card? And we're going, oh. And by the way, everyone is watching this. Everyone all around the pool is watching it. And at one point before this guy got back, we look up and this is like 10, 11 story hotel. Every balcony is people looking out, like watching. And in our view, it looked like they were having a good time. And like they're filming it on the phone and like clapping and cheering. And I sh- shit you not, you can ask anyone that was there. We look across at other hotels, you know, like multi-stories. And there are other people in those hotels also watching. It felt like the whole fucking town was watching. And just like, even if they're watching, like, these guys are all idiots. Let's watch them. We, we had an audience, which, I mean, we knew we were, we were all being idiots. And the guy comes back and he will have heard us from down the road. I think he said something to that effect, like, fucking hear you, don't, don't road. And we were like, oh, and he's like, no, 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 I'm not getting it, I'm not getting it. And we were like, oh, oh, and he was like, no, fuck off, I'm going back up to room. Where's the key card, where's the key card? And we were like, oh, and we built the intensity. We, all, we went from one to 10 so quick and he still wasn't about it, but we carried on and we, and we were struggling with how, how are we going to keep this, Momentum, like we've already gone from one to ten, we were at our loudest. So then we just started going, we were just going, ah! and we were like punching each other in the face, and we were going, we lost our damn minds. And he was like, You finally conceded, and a little smirk broke across his face, and he started taking his clothes off, and we were like, Yes, you gotta fucking do it. And then he runs over to the pool, and he jumps in the pool. And that moment where we turned him and we were all feeling a bit sad, like, oh, I can't believe he's fell out. And you can't, it, you don't want to embarrass him really by going over and be like, you're all right, mate. And sort of patronising. So there's not a lot that we could have done to make him our friend again. And we just sort of twisted his arm into being our friend in this way that I'm sure like football, I've never really been to a football match, but I imagine that's what a football match is like. Everyone's just on one team and you just, something primal within you, like you're in a fucking team going to war or something and that moment when he hits the water I turn around and I spin and look at Phil Sutton from Saying Sutton podcast was there and I, I was shooting tears out of my eyes I, I went this is the happiest I've ever been and he was pointing at me and I had water shooting out of my like I could have cut a hole in a piece of paper with the jet just like and we were, everyone just lost it and we were all just having the, that, that was the best time that's the best moment, like the happy, chemically the happiest, physically, like biochemically the happiest moment of my life for sure. Um, I'm going to have to cut this off because I've no idea how long I've been going for. I've lost all sense of uh, perception of time or anything. Um, if you've listened this far, I, I don't really understand because it's, well, I, yeah, well, I don't know why I'm saying all this now, sort of own it right I did it you've listened to it thanks very much we're checking it all out um, if you if you record yourself for an hour or two just speaking I will pledge a listen myself how about that we'll call it even um, but yeah I thought I better do one of these at some point I never really wanted to do it um, but I did want to post something soon because YouTube tells you off mate it says I don't know you know like social media you have to stay on top of like how often you're posting and all that shit and I thought I've just got some momentum going with a couple episodes at the beginning I don't want to be slacking off now so despite not wanting to have done it begrudgingly I have done it haven't I
Um, yeah, got some some nice guests coming up. Got um, a friend of mine runs a coffee shop in my hometown, Rachel Flazak. She'll be coming on soon. Um, unless we've got any more dropouts, we've got a few more guests planned. Got um, the singer of a band called Kashmir, um, Joey Nui. He'll be coming on soon. Um, my mate Nick will be coming on. Um, that'll be a film one. So if you like films, get ready for that one. Um, if you don't like films, you can fuck off. Can't you? Um, got a bunch of guests coming on. Should be alright. It is. I'm having fun doing it, you know. Um, so thanks for everyone that's been checking them out. And uh, I promise I'll put effort into keeping the uploads frequent. Am I rambling now? Don't know. Cue the outro music. It will have already been playing, won't it? Shouldn't have said cue the outro music. Um, and I'll catch you next time. Thank you. And uh, I think you're my dad for, for listening to this whole thing. But yeah, next time, mate. Peace and love. <laughs>